0: Welcome to a brand new episode of the Jam Pack Report, and let me tell you, today we're diving into some PlayStation news. It was the big PlayStation 5 reveal event, and we have so many specifications to dive into on today's show. We're talking about the entire breakdown of the system itself as it compares to the Xbox Series X, the features you can expect, and of course, we'll talk release dates for the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series X. Not clickbait. There is nothing right now, but it looks like they will not, in fact, be delayed, according to a report from BGR. Then we'll talk about video game engagement during the coronavirus outbreak, because that's a nice feel good story to round out today's show. But we have a lot to dive into. Let's just go ahead and get into it. PlayStation 5 will feature a 10.2 teraflop GPU and a speedy custom SSD. So, it's been almost a year since Sony started talking about the PlayStation 5 in an uncharacteristically revealing Wired interview. We learned the next generation console will be powered by AMD's third generation Ryzen CPU and a custom Radeon Navi GPU. Additionally, it will support hardware accelerated ray tracing and feature speedy SSD storage. But beyond confirming the name PlayStation 5 and announcing a familiar looking logo, Sony has not given us many specific details about the console, certainly not as many as Microsoft has around the Xbox. Series X, which on paper has similar hardware. That changes today. Sony's lead PlayStation architect, Mark Cerny, finally gave us an in-depth look at the PlayStation 5 and a live stream event in lieu of a major GDC keynote. And if you don't feel like sitting through that, Eurogamer has a full breakdown of his presentation. The key takeaway, it will certainly be a huge hardware leap over the PlayStation 4 and the PlayStation 4 Pro, but it remains to be seen how Sony's hardware can compete with Microsoft's upcoming console. So, let's talk specs. Cerny confirms that the PlayStation 5's graphics processor will feature 36 compute units and up to 10.28 teraflops worth of compute performance. That's a bit less than the Xbox Series X's 12 teraflop GPU, but realistically, you might not see many differences in performance. There are plenty of other system optimizations, like the company's focus on a custom 825-gigabyte SSD that will be a huge leap over the PlayStation 4. That SSD will push 5.5 gigabits per second compared to a mere 50 to 100 megabits per second meaning it can fill the system 16 gigabytes of gddr6 ram in two seconds and on the plus side sony will let you plug in a standard nvme ssd to expand storage while microsoft will rely on specialized one terabyte ssd card expansions let's break that down a bit because there's a lot to digest there so first off that number teraflops it might not matter as much as you would expect we'll get into that in the next paragraph but essentially it's not going to be as big of a deal as you might expect. On top of that, the NVMe SSD compatibility, that is true, but Mark Cerny made it very clear, you should not go out right now and buy an SSD for your PlayStation 5 because nothing that's out on the market right now that is available to the common consumer is going to be compatible with the PlayStation 5. It's just not going to be fast enough to compete with this custom-built SSD that the PlayStation 5 is going to be working with. However, by the time that Holiday 2020 rolls around, more SSDs are going to be on the market that are going to be able to have the same speeds as that within the PlayStation 5. Now let's get back to those teraflops. Cerny was quick to point out that a teraflop number is a dangerous way to measure absolute levels of performance. A teraflop from the PlayStation 5 translates to much more gaming performance than a teraflop from the PlayStation 4 thanks to the console's more efficient architecture. Still it is not exactly unfair to compare the PlayStation 5 to the Xbox Series X since both systems will be based on AMDs, CPUs, and GPUs. So, I watched the entire press conference in full, and essentially, Mark Cerny was very quick to point out that teraflops are not an accurate measurement of the capabilities of each individual console. And to some degree, yes, to some degree, no. And I think that the statement that PlayStation could make could also work for a statement from Xbox. Because if you look at the power of the PlayStation 4 Pro, it is vastly underpowered as compared to the top PCs on the market. However, God of War is one of the best looking games that I've ever seen, and that's between PCs and consoles. On top of that, you have games like Horizon Zero Dawn, The Last of Us even looks good. There are plenty of games that take full advantage of the PlayStation 4 Pro, and they build these experiences from the ground up around the architecture of the console to really maximize performance and milk that console for all it's worth. So even though it might technically be less powerful than the Xbox Series X, if these AAA first-party developers do want to create experiences that are built entirely around the PlayStation 4 Pro, which many of the best-selling games on the PlayStation ecosystem or within the PlayStation ecosystem are, uh, then you could be seeing Pretty much the exact same experience on the Xbox Series X, if not stuff that looks actually better. On top of that, Xbox could make the exact same statement. They have many, many, many AAA first-party titles that are going to be coming from in-house production studios within the Xbox Game Studios family. So you could be seeing something very similar there where some of those internal games are going to be maximizing the power of the Xbox Series X. And that, my friends, is where things are going to get interesting because then one really is more powerful than the other one. And I think that's something to consider there. However, it's interesting to see how Sony and Microsoft devices take advantage of AMD's hardware. This is very technical bear with me. The PlayStation 5's 8-core Zen 2 CPU will run up to 3.5 GHz with variable frequencies so it can slow down when necessary. The Xbox Series X, meanwhile, will lock its Zen 2 processor at 3.8 GHz and devs can also choose to run their games at 3.6 GHz with hyper-threading. Sony also chose to use 36 RDNA2 compute units running it up to 2.3 GHz, With a variable frequency, while Microsoft stuffed its system with 52 compute units running at 1.825 GHz, Cerny argues that running fewer cores at a higher frequency rate is more beneficial than running more cores at a lower rate, which is what Microsoft is doing, since it will lead to a speedy bump across many GPU tasks. Sony definitely has the lead with its custom SSD with 5 gigabits per second of RAW bandwidth and 8 to 9 gigabits per second of compressed throughput. The Xbox Series X's SSD will be limited to 2.4 gigabits per second of RAW data and 4.8 gigabits per second compressed. Again, while the numbers are significantly different, it is unclear how the performance will vary in real-world use. Microsoft also has a slightly higher GDDR6 memory bandwidth, 10 gigabits at 560 gigabits per second and 6 gigabits at 336 gigabits per second Then Sony's 448 gigabits per second, which could make up for the slower storage. Cerny also spent plenty of time exploring how the PlayStation 5 will evolve audio quality. This is where I want you to tune back in. Take a brief pause. If you're running on the treadmill, you need to kick it back up a notch. Get that volume in there. The system's Tempest engine will be able to process 3D audio with a focus on presence and locality. You'll not only be able to hear a rainstorm, but also potentially feel like you're being engulfed in one. While Sony says you won't need high-end gear to take advantage of the system, it will work with standard headphones and two-channel speakers initially, the company is also exploring how it will work across TV speakers, surround sound systems, and sound bars. In the long term, you might even be able to map the shape of your ears, similar to how Sony's 360 Reality Audio technology works for a customized experience. While it is nice to finally attach some numbers to the PlayStation 5, Microsoft is still well ahead when it comes to next-gen console information. We still don't know about the PlayStation 5 and what it will look like, but meanwhile, Microsoft has already given YouTuber Austin Evans and Digital Foundry plenty of details around the Xbox Series X's case and cooling design. At the least, gamers can rest a bit easy. At this point, it looks like the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series X will offer a similar level of next-gen performance, and Sony, Sony's decision excuse me, to stick with a more efficient CPU and GPU design might allow it to price its system for significantly less. So uh, one thing I do want to point out is the 3D audio. That's going to be something that I think is going to be overlooked, but it could be a very big part of the next gen plan for PlayStation, because essentially, if I'm gathering the information correctly, it takes what you already have with stereo, where you can hear on each side. You can kind of pinpoint where somebody is. If you're playing a game like Apex Legends or Modern Warfare, you will be able to hear footsteps on each individual side and kind of pinpoint the location with 3D audio. It's all around you. It's below you, above you, to the sides. behind. It's amazing what they can do with this and the way that they do it and there was a video shown off in the presentation is that one individual sits in the middle of this rotating set of speakers and within 20 to 30 minutes I believe is what the time frame was they've essentially mapped thousands of locations uh, that have played a sound that can then be put within the game itself that's amazing and I think that technology is going to be really useful for PlayStation VR if they do choose to continue pursuing that, uh, which notably was completely absent from the PlayStation 5 event. Of course, they weren't talking about controllers, peripherals, headsets at all. This was all about the console itself. But as it stands right now, on paper, the PlayStation 5 is less powerful than the Xbox Series X. But again, it's all about how you use this computing power. It's all about how you use this graphical power. If developers can optimize, specifically those that are first-party studios for each individual console, then they can really milk these pieces of hardware for all they're worth, and I think that's the situation we are going to see. Uh, This speedy custom SSD is going to be the main selling point for the PlayStation 5. No load times, faster texture loading. Essentially, it's going to be groundbreaking for what we are going to be seeing within the space, but I will also say that when it really comes down to it, this was a disappointing Piece of news this was a disappointing event because of the way that they hyped it up now as somebody who is into the gaming industry as somebody who can understand what they are talking about here and what mark cerny was discussing this was a great event i got a lot out of it but from the perspective of your average joe that just wants to play a game this was roughly an hour of very boring technical talk and ultimately that number 10.2 is less than 12, so you're not too happy about the fact that your PlayStation 5 is going to be less powerful than the Xbox Series X, and at the end of the day, you still don't know what the thing actually looks like. So that's kind of where the majority of mainstream gamers are sitting tonight. And ultimately, I've seen a lot of fanboys fighting on Twitter. I've seen a ton of Xbox people confirming victory. I've seen a ton of PlayStation 5 people saying, oh, it's it's just a teraflop. It's just don't worry about it. I understand both perspectives, and the one thing that I really want to drive home is that it's not about Xbox versus PlayStation, it's not about which console is better, it's about where you want to play. It's about the experiences you want to have. If you want to get a PlayStation 5 and play these amazing AAA first party titles, you can dive in and you can do that. If you want to play Halo and if you want to have the most powerful console on the market, if you want to have the new experiences coming from the Xbox Game Studios brand, dive into Xbox. If you want both and you can afford both, go for it. Ultimately, as long as you're having a good time. As long as you are enjoying the experience you're having. That's what the next generation of consoles is all about. I'm excited. I'm probably at this point leaning towards an Xbox just because I've been more involved in that ecosystem. Uh, but I am deeply attached, affiliated, connected with the PlayStation brand. I cannot wait for Ghost of Tsushima. I want to play The Last of Us Part 2. Although that one's starting to look a little bit rough. I'm not gonna lie, they've been putting out some gifts that have got me a little bit worried, but that's a topic for another day. I want to play all of these games. Games that are coming out on the PlayStation 5. Hell, I'm even kind of excited about Godfall. But it might be the one that comes later down the line when more consoles, uh, you know, have more experience. When both the Xbox Series X and the PlayStation 5 have been out for a minute, both have exclusives, that's when I'll pull the trigger on the other one. And I'm lucky enough to be in that position where I can. Uh, but ultimately, it's up to you. But right now, we know more about the specifications of the PlayStation 5, including its backwards compatibility feature. This was a bit confusing and remains a bit confusing. The PlayStation 5 will play quote-unquote almost all of the top 100 PlayStation 4 games at launch. During today's Road to PlayStation 5 presentation, PS5 lead system architect Mark Cerny ran through a lot of technical details regarding Sony's upcoming hardware. Though the event seemed geared more towards developers than consumers, it did clarify some info about one of the topics gamers are passionate about, backwards compatibility. Cerny revealed that PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 4 Pro backwards compatibility is a native part of the PlayStation 5 chipset, and that it is not a scenario like the PlayStation 3's backwards compatibility, which essentially just included a copy of the PlayStation 2 in every console until the feature was removed in later iterations. One backwards compatibility is in the console, it's in. What? Oh, excuse me. Once backwards compatibility is in the console, it's in, Cerny says. It's not as if cost down will remove backwards compatibility like it did on the PlayStation 3. However, that does not mean that every PS4 game will automatically work perfectly out of the gate. Cerny says that running PS4 titles at boosted frequencies can cause complications in certain games. The boost is truly massive this time around, and some game code just can't handle it, he says. Testing has to be done on a title-by-title basis. So what PlayStation 4 games can you play on your PlayStation 5? Cerny says that, quote, almost all of the top 100 PS4 games, as ranked by Playtime, will be available at launch. Presumably, tests on individual games will continue beyond that to continue broadening the library. By contrast, the Xbox Series X has an even more inclusive approach. Last month, head of Xbox Phil Spencer explained that all existing Xbox One games, including Xbox 360 games that are already backwards compatible on the Xbox One, will work on the Xbox Series X. All of these recent PS5 backwards compatibility details pertain specifically to PS4 Pro and PS4 titles. Cerny did not mention anything about whether PlayStation games from earlier generations will also work on PlayStation 5. This is very, very rough in my mind, okay? So, we have had a lot of rumors going around that we are going to be getting some kind of backwards compatibility that does include the PlayStation 3, the PlayStation 2, and the PlayStation 1. That would have been cool. That would have been almost unprecedented. But to not be able to include every PlayStation 4 game on the PlayStation 5 game at launch in a backwards compatible way is ridiculous. You needed to build this system from the ground up with the idea of backwards compatibility in mind. From my understanding, the Xbox One X uses emulation to simulate having an actual console in the Xbox One X. So an Xbox 360 and the original Xbox are both baked into the console in some kind of way, shape, or form. I just don't understand how you could drop the ball on backwards compatibility. Now, I know that I'm not a developer. I'm not an engineer. I am sure that there is a legitimate reason. but still. That's just such a foundational part of modern gaming. That's something that people have come to expect and ultimately they kind of need. Look at how many games are on the PlayStation 4. There are thousands of games and hundreds of which that people truly enjoy. Now the question is, uh, how extensive is their research going to be? Because it's worth mentioning that whenever the Xbox One came out and said, hey, we've got backwards compatibility now, they did not have many games that had that capability at launch. In fact, they continually release more and more uh, pretty much every month. And so whenever you see that procedural rollout, we've kind of become accustomed to that with the Xbox. And in a way, it's kind of like the Xbox Live games with gold or new games coming to Game Pass. You think, hey, cool. SSX Three Backwards compatible on the Xbox one hey look at that Uh, whatever it might be you know you've got these games that are backwards compatible and so that could be the approach you're seeing here with the PlayStation 5 and if that's the case that would be pretty okay Uh, but still just to not have every PlayStation 4 game available as a backwards compatible title that's just again putting them right below Xbox in terms of reasons to buy it right out of the gate Because right now, if the Xbox Series X came out tomorrow, I could actually go to the store, trade in my Xbox One X, keep all of my games, digital and physical, and continue playing them. Some of them are going to look better than before. Uh, And I think that's going to be a big advantage whenever the consoles do launch. But right now, that's the situation on backwards compatibility. But let's talk about the release date. Sony says the PlayStation 5 release date will not be delayed by coronavirus pandemic. The world is in a state of crisis and there are countless concerns more pressing than the release dates of two video game consoles, but we all need something to fill our brains with other than the doom and gloom of the daily news. As such, many gaming fans have been questioning whether or not the Xbox Series X and PlayStation 5 will still be able to hit their holiday launch windows, and at least for now, the answer is yes. Microsoft reaffirmed its plans to launch the Xbox Series X this holiday season in a breakdown of technical specs and internal components on Monday, and those plans could always change in the weeks and months to come, but the plan is still to have the next-gen console out by the end of the year. As for Sony, we still have not heard much about the PlayStation 5, but we now have evidence the console is set to arrive in 2020. If you are a gamer, you've probably read reports in recent days from analysts who are convinced the coronavirus will cause the new consoles to be delayed. That might indeed end up being the case, but BAAS Amsterdam, the PR firm that represents Sony Interactive Entertainment, Benella, I don't know what that one is, told Let's Go Digital, which has been the source of many major PlayStation leaks, that the launch of the PlayStation 5 has not been delayed, quote, for the time being. Of course, as the publication notes, that the pandemic is still causing... Supply issues for components in the few months when production should be kicking into high gear, Sony may have no choice but to delay the launch. In the same story, Let's Go Digital revealed the Bonami Spell Computer Museum in Zwolle, a city in the Netherlands, is currently working on the PlayStation 5 Experience Zone. Gamers are looking forward to the arrival of the PlayStation 5, said the owner John Groenwald. Our museum will receive the PlayStation 5 as one of the first in the Netherlands. We are already preparing for this so that visitors can experience the differences between PS4 and PS5 for themselves. Obviously, we do have something nice in store for the Xbox enthusiast. More about that later. Sony will finally share more details about the PlayStation 5 in a deep dive, we just talked about that in full, uh, but it looks like as of right now, the release dates are still on point for the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series X. I'm still holding my breath. I don't think that's going to happen. I think that truly you are going to be seeing some kind of delay into early 2021 because right now the coronavirus is wreaking havoc on not only society, but also specifically production because so many warehouses are being shut down. I just read that Amazon is closing their warehouses to everything but necessary household items. That's when you begin to have an issue because you don't have storage room for the PlayStations, the Xboxes, the video games, all that good stuff. Uh, That's when things get a little bit weird uh so things are getting weird as we all see i'm working from home i've been in this apartment for over 24 hours i'm dying on the inside uh no but playstation 5 still not delayed and of course xbox series x still on set release for xbox holiday 2020 i'm just spewing words at this point However, guess what? It looks like a lot of people are playing video games in the midst of the coronavirus lockdown. Much of the world has been told to stay at home during these extremely uncertain times, and for many, video games are a welcome temporary retreat from the world's of the excuse me, the worries of the current climate. I also said Escape from the World as well. Their ability to take your mind off of things, at least for a little bit, has never been more true than right now, as Verizon claims that video game playing and engagement is up 75% amongst the presence of coronavirus. To keep themselves entertained, families in the U.S. are turning to the likes of the PlayStation 4 and their numbers. Posted by Hollywood Reporter, the playing of video games has risen by 75% during peak hours in the U.S. That's an increase which more than triples the rising demand for video streaming services and general web traffic traffic verizon's chief technology officer kyle Melady said and as a more entertainment what excuse me and as more entertainment options are canceled in communities across the u.s an increase in video traffic and online gaming is not surprising worrying times may be ahead for the world but at least families around the world are beating boredom by engaging in some excellent video game playing if you're choosing to stay indoors what ps4 games have you been playing to pass the time in my case none I've been playing Modern Warfare. I've been playing Warzone on my Xbox One. That's basically it. I've also been playing a good bit of SSX3. I think we talked about this on an earlier episode of the Jam Pack Report. But hey, keep playing those games because there's nothing better than some escapism. Am I right? That's why I do a podcast. But that rounds out today's episode of the Jam Pack Report. If you guys enjoyed this one, drop me a like down below and let me know what you think about today's show. Would love to hear your thoughts on the PlayStation 5, the Xbox Series X, and which one you're going to be getting. That's something we will talk about, I'm sure, for months and months to come. But until next time, you guys have a good one. I'll talk to you soon, and peace.